Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. We've been continuing our webinars now, and we're into May. Oh, we're not quite. This is the last day of April. But the most important thing is this is the 200th webinar. So in a little over, I think I started in March, April, May, um, about 14 months, we've done 200 webinars. And we're doing a giveaway. So if you go on Facebook and you go to the Surefoot Ecoin page, I'm pretty sure it's there. Um, and you tell us which webinar is your favorite webinar, just put in a number and you can win a Surefoot mug, which I don't have one here to show you, but it's the fifth anniversary mug. Um, we'll be drawing that winner on Saturday night. So it's a very short window for this, this contest. Um, and I'll put the winner in the email, but um, it's just pretty amazing that we're up to number 200. Uh, yes. And Buster has decided to join me and tell me that he's unhappy about something. So I might actually have to stop here for a second and take care of him if he continues. But looks like, you know, cats rule. <laughs> it's just the way life is. Um, so anyway, we're, we're super excited about number 200. Um, if you haven't watched the Saddle Fit webinar that I did with Andy Foster, number 199, um, we've had feedback on that webinar. People absolutely love it. Andy's, um, Andy and I are old friends. We kind of like sound like an old married couple bantering back and forth there a little bit. So it's entertaining as well as educational. So I think you'll really enjoy that one. Um, today, what we're gonna talk about is how to use Surefoot in everyday life. So. Uh, I realized that I've spent a lot of time really focusing on like when you start with your horse and, um, you know, because so many people are coming to Surefoot um, without any previous experience. So, you know, helping the beginner person use Surefoot pads is so important that we do it safely. Um, there was just a, a comment on the fans page recently. And my gut feeling was that she had all the pads and was trying all of them and it just wasn't giving the horse time to process. So I know we spent a lot of time emphasizing um, how to introduce your horse, to go slowly, one foot at a time, you know, walk the horse off, give the horse breaks, um, don't do too much in a session, all those things. Uh, but then how do we integrate Surefoot into everyday life? And that's really what I wanted to talk about today in this webinar is that integration process. And of course, um, you know, when we think about our habits, our routines, our daily things that we do, um, they are habits by definition that's unconscious. We don't have to think about it. So when we do something in a routine way, like brushing your teeth every morning, you don't have to think about doing that. You just get up in the morning, you go to the bathroom, you put your toothpaste on your toothbrush and you brush your teeth. And it takes very little thought, in fact, very little effort on your part to do that because it's a routine that's familiar and there's a reward. You have nice clean teeth at the end. So the cue is you walk into the bathroom, there's your toothbrush, you do your routine and you have your reward and then you go on with your day. And so when we think about the barn, there's a lot of places where we have routines that are just standard routines that we do. Um, you know, leading our horse in from the field, picking out their feet, tacking up, um, you know, feeding them. These are all things that become very routine and that's great. So when we have something new, the question is how do we integrate that something new into something that's so habitual? And that's what we really wanna look at today. How do we employ Surefoot to get the benefit of Surefoot, the reward, which is my horse is more relaxed, he's ready to ride, he's, you know, calmer, 
Um, he's enjoying surefoot pads. Um, you know, I have less warm up time. These are all the places where we can use surefoot to make our life better. Um, but we have to find a way to integrate it into our daily life to do that. And so often these routines, you don't even know you run them, right? And they're already done. And they're, oh, rats, I didn't. Um, and I'm right there with you. So, you know, we all have habits in the barn. Um, they're a good thing, but we want to be able to bring the comfort and relaxation and warm up and, you know, the fitness training that Surefoot offers on a daily basis with our horses. So one of the best places to start um, is if you're going to you have your horse in, let's say he's already in the barn and you're going to pick out his feet and you've got your hoof pick, just grab a pad. Just one pad is all you need. And when you pick up that foot and clean it, just put the pad in place and set the foot down on the pad. So that's probably the easiest place to introduce Surefoot into your daily routine. Um, the cue is you're going to pick the foot. The routine is you clean the foot and all you're adding is that you just tuck the Surefoot pad underneath that foot when you set that foot down. So now your horse is standing on a Surefoot pad and getting that benefit, getting that relaxation, getting that proprioceptive input. Um, while you're doing an activity of daily life. Now, as I've said, it's so important to have introduced to your, your horse to Surefoot in the manner that we always recommend, which is um, as a session. So let me see if I can explain this a little better. When I think of a Surefoot session, I think that I've got my pads and there's a horse and I'm gonna go up to the arena or some open area and I'm gonna spend maybe a half an hour, 40 minutes, working with that horse, experimenting with the different Surefoot pads. And the first time I introduce any horse to Surefoot, that's kind of my routine. It's gonna be in an open area so the horse can move. There's no obstructions. There's not a lot of noise so we can focus. There's not you know, friends hollering at him if we can help it. So that he and I can focus on what I see, what he wants, how he responds, how long, which foot. So I get an idea of how he uh, receives Surefoot. And as you know, you know, a lot of horses just, you put their foot on a pad and they instantly just yawn or lick and chew or sigh and they're right there. And then of course, we always talk about the bell curve, meaning in the middle of the bell curve are the horses that, you know, you introduce them to Surefoot and they stand on the pad and they think it's groovy. Um, Updated me. And then the horses at the top that won't get off, they just want to stay on the pads all day long. And then the very thin edge at the bottom of the bell curve is the horses that are unusual in their reactions. Um, the horse that, you know, jumped off the pad, the horse that fell down and fainted and went to sleep, um, the horse that's terrified of it, the horse that, you know, repeatedly refuses the pads. Those I think of as the very um, thin edge of the bell curve. And th the numbers are actually quite small, actually, amazingly small. So we're, we're thinking about, okay, we've done this intro session. We've uh, offered the pads. We found, okay, he really likes it. It's great. Um, he gets quiet. He stands quietly. And so I have my baseline and it's, and it's that baseline. My horse is calm. He stands on the pads for maybe, you know, 30 seconds to a minute, maybe longer, but it's not important if it's longer, right? Just, and he 
shows all the signs of the parasympathetic, the licking and chewing, sighing, deep breathing, head lowering, maybe a little bit of swaying, all the signs that we think of as very positive with Surefoot. So once I have that baseline, and that's really what a session is looking for, is what is my baseline and how does my horse respond? That's when I can then start to employ Surefoot in daily life in small, easily applicable places like picking out a foot. So I have my baseline. I know how my horse responds. I have my Surefoot pads. I, I've kind of seen, you know, if I only have a pair of firm, but he really likes the firm, that's great. If I have a couple of different pairs, which one is he preferring that day or which one do I want to offer that day? Those are both possibilities. So let's say, you know, we've, we've offered hard and firm and now we've soft and, oh, he really liked the soft. Actually, I'll use my horse as an example, Dunny. I've tried him on a bunch of different pads and he's decided medium. He really likes the medium. So, okay. Now that I know that, when I bring him in from the barn, uh, from the paddock and I pick out his feet, I just put his foot down on a medium and um, I have a pair. So then I can go around to the other front foot and repeat the same process of picking out his foot and just setting it down on a pad. Now, when I go to the back feet, this is an opportunity for me to learn something. This is where it can get interesting. I can leave him on the pair in front. And when I go to pick up a back foot, do I notice that he has to move the front foot off the pad? In other words, he was standing square. And when I pick up that back foot, oop, he has to step forward with the diagonal front. So now I kind of go, wow, that's interesting. Um, he has to change the shape of his stance. He has to increase the, the base of support so that when I pick up that back foot, he has to expand that right front, I'm on the left hind, right front out in front, and I can observe that. And so that gives me information, especially if I go around to the other hind foot and I pick the right hind up and he doesn't have to move the left front. So now I can see, wow, he's more stable on left hind right front because I can pick up the right hind than he is on the other diagonal. And this can give me a piece of information. Now, if it happens once, I'm not gonna go, oh, now I know why he doesn't canter on his lead or you know, make all these conjectures, but you know, it's something to note. And if you start to see a repeated pattern, that's a clue. So it might mean that what I wanna do the next time I pick out his feet is do right front and then right hind and put the right hind and right front on a pad. Now I have a diagonal pair while I do the other two feet and watch to see, can he stay on that pair, left front, right hind, while I pick up right hind or, sorry, left hind or right front. So does is this make sense? Do you kind of get what I'm talking about here? In other words, picking out the feet is something that we do routinely. All we need to do to make Surefoot more of a habit in our daily routine is just replace the foot on a pad when I let go of it. And so I can gather some information and I can see how the horse responds by either doing both front feet on a pad or both hind feet or the diagonals. And this can give me information about 
the canter lead, if he has a harder time with the canter in one direction or the other, with bend, um, with circles, with transitions, because if I go to pick up the left hind and he's always having to counter on the right front, then what I know is, wow, there's there's something he has to do to adjust his balance here. And that kind of fits with, you know, he falls onto his right lead. He doesn't want to kind of collect back onto his left hind. You know, it, it can give me clues. And if you just make mental notes or even just have a little notebook so you can make little tick marks about the pattern that you chose, right, that day. Okay, I put a pad under both front feet. I picked up the hind leg and he had to move the diagonal front. And maybe the next time you do this, he doesn't. And so it's just a simple, and you know, that complicates things having to make a note. But if that's too complicated for you, just each time observe the pattern. So that's just a really easy way to integrate Surefoot and to gather information to help you understand some of the things that you feel when you're under saddle. Um, another thing that you can do, and this is at, is, well, and just on that vein, you could pick out a hind foot, put it in on a pad, go to the other hind foot, pick that one out, put it on a pad, and then see what happens when you pick up the front feet. Does he have to move the back foot? So in the ideal world, if you will, if we, if we were to talk about what is ideal, ideally the horse can stand square on all four feet. And when I put a pad under a foot, he doesn't have to move out of that rectangle, out of that shape in order to pick up another foot. And the, what you want to realize here is that whenever a horse is making their base bigger, and the same with a person, if you're standing and you want to be more stable, you're going to increase the distance between your feet. You might even offset your feet so that one is further back and the other is on a diagonal forward to increase your base of support, which also helps slightly lower your center of gravity and makes you more stable. So if the horse is moving a foot while you're doing this, uh, you know, cleaning out and setting on a pad, if he's having to change that base shape, it tells you that he has to increase his base of support to accommodate what you're asking. And this is true, you know, even if you're not using surefoot pads, but the beauty of the pads is it helps give the horse some feedback so he can kind of reorient and refigure out his, his balance pattern um, so that we can help him experience his own body and become more square. So that's just one simple place, an everyday place that we can take surefoot pads and employ them without having to make a big deal out of it. Now, of course, if you know the weather's crap, like today we have 50 mile an hour winds, I am not riding today, um, but I can bring my horses into the barn and I can work with Surefoot in the barn on a day that I'm not riding. So this is another thing you can do. Say it's, you know, my horses just saw the dentist yesterday. I wanna give them a day off, uh, but when we change the teeth, it's re gonna reorganize the, the whole sense of proprioception because the TMJ has so many proprioceptors. So bring them in the barn and just spend a little time 
putting them on surefoot pads. You know, I can clean out their feet and put them on pads and see, you know, which pad do you like, which configuration, whether that's diagonal, lateral, two feet, three feet, four feet. Um, remembering that four feet is not a goal. It's just simply a process. Um, so that's another nice thing. If you had just a few minutes um, or the weather's bad or you don't have time to ride, you can still help your horse with his balance and improve his course stability using surefoot. And this is where, you know, having them on a pad under each front foot, you've seen a lot of the videos that I've shown with horses swaying, you're activating those muscles. And so you're actually training, you know, developing strength in those muscles when they're standing on an unstable surface. So that's another way you can use surefoot in your daily life. It's just on a day when you're not riding, spend five minutes um, just experimenting with surefoot pads, seeing which pattern they like. You can do that in the barn aisle. Um, I typically don't like to work with surefoot in a stall if I can help it because it's confining. And, um, you know, if the horse is unstable, he has to move, you have to figure out how to get that, you know, not be in his way. And if he wants to walk, there's really nowhere to walk. So just always keep that in mind. Obviously, if the horse is on stall rest, and here's another way to use surefoot, you know, sometimes your horse has to be on stall rest. So using your surefoot pads while they're on stall rest makes it active rest. Um, we had a great webinar with Dr. Maureen Kelleher from Marion DuPont Scott uh, equine center here in Leesburg. And she was talking about how when horses are on stall rest, they're deconditioning. You know, it's just like you, if you're laying around in bed for a week, you're deconditioning. And then when you have to get up and get going again, it's really hard because your muscles have gone on vacation and everything's kind of like, oh yeah. So if we can keep some active activity in the muscles, using the surefoot pads because they're constantly having to adjust their balance while they're standing on pads, then we're gonna maintain a, a certain level of fitness that's so important when that horse can come out of the stall and start going back into work. So, you know, if, if your horse is stable for any length of time, say you're at a horse show and you can't get turnout, there's no turnout. You can, your horse is familiar with surefoot, you can use surefoot in the stall. Uh, in fact, Felicitas von Neumann-Cosell has sent me photos of her horses at horse shows and she uses them after she's trailered. So here's another in your daily life way to use surefoot. Say you've trailered your horse and it's a couple hours to the show or even to your friend's place or to the trailhead, right? You've trailered your horse somewhere. If you have ever stood in the back of a trailer, you know that there's a lot of vibration and for every hour in the trailer, it's like walking for that hour. That's the level of activity that the horse experiences when they're in a trailer. So, you know, I know I'm very aware of every little bump and lump in the road when I've hauled horses, especially over the cement roads with the da-dum, 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 right? It's very fatiguing. So when you get to where you're going, your trailhead, your horse show, this is a great time to just put your horse on some surefoot pads. And again, the ones he likes the best, or even going a bit harder, like using the hard pad, because you don't want to create more instability. You want to alleviate the fatigue. 
So that's where the physio pad would be really handy or the, um, the hard pads because you just wanna alleviate the fatigue of that travel. Now, somebody said, my vet also at Cairo recommended the green pads on Heinz for 10 to 15 minutes before we ride three times a week for a month. Wow, <laughs> he's working through SI problems. Is that time frame okay? Well, I am not going to counter any vet prescription, okay? So if that's what your vet has told you, um, then I would ask your vet the reasoning for that. Um, to me, that seems like a, a long time. Uh, but again, if your horse is okay with it, and that's the other thing is, you know, is your horse okay with it? And I would also go back to your vet and ask about the slants because we find like the hard slants, the pink ones, um, have a slight change in angle. And we see in humans and dogs that the lower back softens. So, you know, when you were talking about the lower back, we're also talking about the pelvis and sacrum. So that's where, um, Personally, I would think that the, the hard slants might be really useful. And to support that to your vet, Dr. Rachel Bellini, if you go to the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel and you look at the vet playlist, you'll find Dr. Bellini, um, or you can put that in the search box. She did a whole webinar on using the, the pink pads, the hard slants and with hind end. So, um, he seems to love it. That's great. He's not uh, got MPA on the hinds. Super. Um, the, the slants aren't to solve MPA. The slants are to make a change in the joint angles. And again, the experience that we have, and this is something you can do, is if you stand on the slants heel high so that your heel is higher than your toes, put your whole foot supported and, and soften your knees. So uh, we can lock our stifles, our knees really easily, and that hollows our lower back. Horses can't do that. So if you soften your knees a little bit and stand there for a moment with your heel high on the pad, so your whole foot supported, what most people, the majority of people report to this is that they feel their lower back soften. And on dogs, we can feel the psoas let go. So to me, if you're dealing with some SI problems, that to me, personally, sounds like it would be really comfy. And again, you know, this is something that you can try for yourself and see how it feels. Um, NPA, negative palmar uh, plantar angle. So coffin, the angle of the coffin bone. Um, we have a lot of vets recommending Surefoot now. It's really, really awesome. Um, oh, but he does have NPA. Okay. So yeah, I think that, you know, I, I mean, that's just my personal experience. Um, but again, I would go back to your vet and have a little chat um, and you can use the slants heel high, heel low on front and back feet. Um, if you want, I can even pull up a picture. So let me know if you wanna see a picture of, this, of the slants in use, I can do that. Um, so again, going back to trailering, you know, it's, it's, we want the body to let go and the way muscles are going to recover the best is to stop contracting. In other words, um, okay, I'll put up some pictures here in a sec. So, you know, when you're dealing with that vibration, you just kind of get a level of tension in your body. Well, you want to let that go when you get where, you know, whether it's the horse show or whatever, because it's going to affect your performance. And so that's why surefoot pads after trailering is such a great idea. Um, We've had people use Surefoot at the trailhead on a horse that wouldn't go out a mile 
on the trail and they tried everything and they finally used Surefoot and that horse would go up for five miles without a problem. So, um, you know, it, it really makes a difference. So let me see. Oh, wait, hang on. I'm just going to pause that for a sec while I find some hard slant pictures. Sure. So this is a horse on hard slants. You can see that, you know, he's way back, very high. That's three inches at the back. He's really high up at the back and low at the front. And, you know, you can see that hock injury, that old hock injury. You can see that scarring there. Okay. Um, here's a horse on hard pads in front and hard slants behind. Right, so the hard slants differ from the firm. So this, I think, is actually Dr. Bellini's photograph, using them heel low versus heel high. Um, and let me just pause that while I find. So the firm slants are made out of the same, yeah, same material as the firm, and the hard slants are made out of the same material as the hard. The hard slants are gonna uh, kind of hold the angle a bit more than firm slants. There we go. Share. So you can see that they're going to squish more. Um, this was just a particular horse. Um, I was using both pairs of slants actually and pronating him a little bit. Um, this is, again, I put firm slants on top of hard slants to have even more angle with this particular horse. Um, here's where we've got a combination of a firm slant heel high with a half physio pad. Um, here's just a toe resting on a firm slant. So the firm slant's going to have more give than the hard slant. And you can see that. You can see how much more deeply this particular horse is standing on this pad. Okay. Um, great. Okay. So where else can we use Surefoot in our daily lives? And again, it's, it's, incorporating it into a, a pattern that we already have, as opposed to when you're trying to make an entirely new pattern. Sometimes, you know, that's difficult where, you know, we have so much time when we get to the barn, we, we know what we want to accomplish. And so it's not about like stopping everything we're doing to use Surefoot. Once we know the horse is okay with the pads, we know what pads he likes, etc. Then it's where can we fit that in? So, you know, some people, if they have a horse that's nervous in a certain corner of the arena, so you walk out into the arena to ride your horse and he's always anxious in the corner where the barrel is, rather than dealing with that over and over and over again and trying to get your horse in the corner, just carry your sure foot pad with you. And when you walk into the arena, start where he's comfortable and put him on a pad and then take a couple steps toward the corner and again, put his foot on a pad and it doesn't have to be there long. That's what you, you found out those things in those first initial sessions where all you were doing was working with your horse's sure foot. But now you're taking this tool, which is what the pads are. They're a tool, just like a hammer or a screwdriver. They're a tool and they're a tool to be used. You gradually move toward that corner and you keep triggering that parasympathetic response so that the horse is now associating, oh, this corner is where I feel fantastic. 
And then that's a great place if it's a really consistent pattern to leave a pad, right? And have it where you can ride past it. So this is another way you can use Surefoot is that you can set pads out in your arena as um, triggers almost for relaxation. Once horses know the pads, they're gonna to wanna to be on them. So if you have a scary corner and you've gradually moved your horse into that scary corner, um, I will get to that comment in a moment, <laughs> um, but you've moved him in toward that scary corner. Now what you want is every time he goes there, you want him to feel good. You want him to think, oh, my surefoot pads are here. Can I stand on them now? And it's like, nope, sorry, not this time. Um, but suddenly that, that corner that was scary becomes the place that's so positive. Now I just had a horse uh, two days ago. Um, and though, and the yes, Surefoot can be like a safety object, just like Sharon Wilsey's safety object. Absolutely. So two days ago, I had, um, I take my horse to see Julian Benyon once a week. So he has to get in the trailer, go somewhere, behave for someone else, hang out, get in the trailer and come home. So it's our outing. Um, but while I was there, I had a woman, she asked if I would help her with Surefoot. And I was like, sure. And there was this wooded tree line on one side of the arena. And she's like, I really, you know, that I don't want to be over there. And I'm like, really? She says like, no, my horse doesn't like that area. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so what do I do? I start away from that area where the horse is still okay. And I put his foot on a pad and he instantly was like, oh, this is awesome. And then she would walk a circle and then I'd move over toward the wooded area and I'd put him on a pad and he started yawning. And so pretty soon two things happened. She wasn't scared anymore and her horse certainly wasn't. Because how often do we set the horses up to be worried about something? Cause we keep projecting, oh, that's gonna be scary. And so the horse is like, oh, I better be scared. You know, we don't realize how much future projection we do that we then set them up in the present for our future projection of what it's gonna be like and they better be worried. But when we use surefoot pads, we get to see, wow, my horse isn't worried. I don't need to be either. He is breathing, now I can breathe. Look, he's dropped his head and neck. Wow, he's not worried about this. And so that's where surefoot in our daily life can really help us get in the present and really be with our horse to see he really doesn't have a problem with this. I've been projecting that problem. Now, I'm not saying that's 100% of the case, right? I have one horse, big rocks. They're not moving. They're big, gray things. They're scary. I wonder if he thinks they're bears. Um, but, you know, so that's where you can use the surefoot pad to help them recognize, okay, that thing that you thought was really scary really isn't scary. Um, and what I just recently, somebody was saying how her horse wasn't worried about things anymore. All right, mounting. How many of you have horses that are a little unsteady at the mounting block or a little nervous at the mounting block or don't wanna stay at the mounting block after you get on? And it's, this is a great place to use Surefoot because we're not only addressing the anxiety we're addressing the balance issue. And so, you know, when you think about when we get on, our weight is very off-sided, right? It's very on one side. And as we come over their backs, there's a lot of movement and they have to stabilize for us to get on. And then we yell at them if they walk off when they're not stable. 
right? And we tell them, don't move. You got to stand still when I get on. But if they don't feel secure, like grounded, then they have to move. Just remember, if we go back to the idea of having one foot on a pad and cleaning out another foot and watching if the horse has to shift. So here we're looking at if I pick up a leg, do you have to re reorganize your base of support to steady yourself? Because you can't just stay square. And sort of the flip side of that is when a weight comes on your back, do you have to reorient your shape to increase your base of support or move to catch the weight because you're not stable and secure? <coughs> Excuse me. So a similar but different question. And, you know, a lot of horses, if they've had a poorly fitting saddle, there's always a bit of anxiety at the mounting block unless we resolve it because that's when they're going to feel the most uncomfortable if that saddle's not fitting well. When you get on and you pull the saddle over a little bit and it grabs them on the withers and they're like, Ugh, right? And now you have a good fitting saddle, but they're still like anticipating, oh, I remember what that other saddle did. Is this going to happen again? And of course, as soon as they anticipate, they set it up just like we do. So using surefoot pads at the mounting block and here is where the physio pad, the full physio pad is actually the handiest one for this because you can actually ask the horse to step up onto that pad. Um, the problem with the, the standard pads, the 10 by 12 by two, is that if they tap it with their foot, it's gonna move. And now they're, you know, it's like this chasing, you know, the pad moved and you didn't want the pad to move and blah, blah, blah. But with the 24 by 16 by inch and a half, the full physio pad, they're pretty stable. And if the horse does tap it with his foot, it might move a little, but there's so much surface area that you have a pretty good shot of the foot landing on it. And so sometimes what I'll actually do is just lead the horse forward to step on to the full physio pad. Now I've already introduced it to him so he knows what it is and he's not scared by the 24 size, right? But just walk him up and let him stand there for a moment and then walk him away. And so now, instead of anticipating, oh, you're going to get on, it's like, oh, that was that comfy pad. Can I get back there? You just walk a circle and come back. So you spend a couple of minutes, not the whole lesson, a couple of minutes just reminding him of what it feels like to be on a surefoot pad and now moving that comfort to a place where he might not have been comfortable to the mounting process. So... Um, that's another way to kind of incorporate surefoot into your daily life. So often with mounting, we tend to, um, because it's a short moment in time, we tend to kind of rush past it. Like, oh, I'm just going to get on. Um, however, it's something that's worth stopping and taking the time to train the horse to be able to stand comfortably and securely while you mount. Um, and, you know, my horses all, they come up to the mounting block and I climb on and oh, I'm going to adjust my girth. I'm going to adjust my gloves. I spend a couple minutes there and they can balance and stand quietly. So it's a, just a really good practice um, to make sure and to establish that calm quietness at the mounting block. Um, please, please never, never, never use something that has an open side in it. In other words, these step stools that I see some people use to get on. Because if your horse loses his balance and puts his leg through the hole of the step stool and then panics, 
it's an enormous wreck. So, you know, I'm kind of particular about the fact that the mounting block should be solid sided um, from a safety perspective. And again, making sure that your horse can stand in balance quietly while you get on is just a really good thing. All right. Um, somebody asked about cross ties and that's something that comes up over and over and over again. And I have a third choice. So, okay. Why do I not want people to use cross ties when doing surefoot? Well, the biggest reason and the most obvious one is that when we put a horse on pads, they typically let their neck down. And so if they're on cross ties, especially tied on the lower ring of the halter, they can't put their neck down. So here we're offering them this great comfort and they're like, ah, I'm stuck. I can't go anywhere. So um, I'm a big fan of using the upper rings. If I do have to cross tie a horse, especially a short one, I got a 14-2 guy and even my 16-2 hand horse. A lot of times I'll put the cross ties up on the upper ring on the halter so that that lets that head come down lower rather than the lower ring, which kind of keeps them up here. So that's just in general, but you know, uh, the preference would be on a lead shank, but sometimes the aisle is busy or sometimes, you know, there's a rule that the horse has to be confined or tied in some way. So the third option, hang on, let me go find my picture of the third option. And, you know, that's a very Feldenkrais thing to have at least three options. Dr. Feldenkrais used to say yes and no is not a choice. Um, so if it's cross tie or no cross tie, you can get kind of stuck. So the third option is a half cross tie. Okay, so here you can see, let me make this bigger. This is what I'm talking about, about using the upper ring on the halter. So rather than attaching the cross tie down to the, the lower ring, the noseband ring on this little guy, he's 14-2, I clip to the upper ring and that's gonna let his neck come down. But then I just have the lead shank and here I've actually just let it be on the ground. Um, so I could step back and take a picture and he's on a pair of medium pads. So um, there, you know, like the lead shank is loose and he's starting to step off. You can see he's got that foot lifting up and he's starting to come forward. But this gives you some confinement, which is why we're cross tying them because we want to confine them to some degree. And this little guy, um, he's a very busy guy. So if he wasn't, didn't have some confinement and I was trying to take a picture, it would be really rather difficult. Um, so he needs some confinement, but we want to make sure that they can lower their head, that they can let down, that they can step off if they want to. And so this is the sort of the third choice, the compromise. And you can see here, like attempting to get a photo wasn't the easiest thing because he was like, oh, you're standing in front of me. Maybe I'll walk up to you. And follow is one of the reasons horses walk off surefoot pads, right? Flies, fright, food, friends, finish and follow. And he would wanna follow me forward and step off the pad, no big deal. So I just set him up again. But you can see how this is gonna, this is slack right now. It's gonna allow him to move his head and neck around. It's gonna allow him to lower it down. But at the same time, it's not restricting his head and neck. I think, there we go. Little smarty pony. Um, his name is Dunny. And um, you may have heard me talk about him a few times. So, um, yes, 
It's a nice, clear aisle. Absolutely. When Daisy Bicking was coming and we were going to film in the aisle, um, it got totally cleared out. And we had some stuff at the far end because Joyce was cleaning out her mom's house, but um, we got it very clear. And I really am happy to have that. Um, if you have not watched Rebecca Hosted's um, webinars, please do on trailer safety, on barn, avoiding barn fires. Um, it's super, super talks and, you know, really makes you think. And I've actually um, uh, thought long and hard, we've made a changes to my trailer. We're uh, gonna make changes to how we store our hay because I think that, you know, her information, it's not that, like we haven't thought about it, but she just really give you the reason why you wanna make those changes. Um, somebody's saying my school horse considers even the space where he can be cross-tied as a spot for confinement and suppresses reactions. Yeah, I take him a few steps out of the area and he takes that as a cue that he, he can let himself down. Isn't that interesting? Good observation. Um, and so your routine horses like that, your school horses, they that's important to see if you can find a place where they feel able to show you what they feel. Um, driving horses, this is also something I have to consider with driving horses. Um, they are trained to stand, don't move, because when you're harnessing them and taking the cart on and off, they have to stand and they're not supposed to move until you tell them to move. So you just have to realize if you're working with a driving horse that you need to walk them off so that they realize they can or they'll wait for you and they won't step off. So just, just something to pay attention to and be aware of. I don't know why my camera looks. Um, okay, so uh, grooming, right? When you're grooming your horse, you can use that half cross tie type of arrangement. And then let me just show that. Let me just show that picture again because I'm gonna just talk about um, one other thing to note. Like here I have the lead shank on the ground, but if I'm grooming, I can just hold that lead shank in my hand loosely. And if I feel him starting to wander like he's gonna go way over and start to poke on another horse that might be over here or think about going out the door, um, you know, I can support him there. So I, I haven't thought about it, but this is something I do very routinely um, is use this arrangement of just one cross tie. And it gives me a lot of flexibility. Um, the, Team Tellington Jones, the T-Touch, they have a really nice arrangement called a tiger tie. I don't have a picture of it here. Um, if you have a horse and you're working by yourself and he's a bit fidgety, um, it's basically a very long rope that's going to go through the lower ring on the halter, through a ring on the wall, come back through the ring on the halter. No, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. let me do this again. It's gonna attach to this side of the halter the side away from me, through the ring on the wall, back through the ring underneath the chin and to my hand. So that it, it's a living cross tie, single tie, if you will. So I can be able to, the horse can move forward and back. I can shorten it to may have him go toward the wall or I can let it lengthen so he can come toward where I'm standing. Um, I don't have a picture of it here because I um, didn't set it up. Um, but that's, that's another way to have some ability to regulate the horse's movement, but at the same time, they can raise and lower their head. You know, horses, so often they want to put their head down and look at the pad and figure out what is this thing under my foot? And if they're in cross ties, they can't do it. 
Um, so, you know, the, and you've, everybody's heard stories of horror stories about horses flipping over on cross ties and we wanna be really careful that that never happens. Um, a word of great caution here, if your surface is slippery, if you're in a wash rack and somebody has already run water and so it's slippery, you wanna be really careful, especially uh, with the medium pad because it's a very smooth surface. So you wanna be careful with all your surefoot pads on a wet surface. And we've actually had somebody say that on um, straw, slippery straw, the pad slid. So do be careful about the surface. Um, and when in doubt, you know, find a different surface. Okay, so we can use, uh, in daily life, we can use surefoot pads while we're cleaning out their feet. We can put them on surefoot pads while we're grooming them. We can use the surefoot pad at the mounting block. Um, and I have one person, it's great. She goes down to the arena and she puts her horse on pads and the horse will stay there as, as long as she wants, right? And the woman goes and sets up her jumps and then comes back and gets her horse. And if her horse isn't ready, she won't step off. And then when she's ready, she'll step off and then she mounts her and rides. So if you have to set up jumps in the arena or move some poles, or you wanna set up some poles um, and your horse really likes the pads, provided there aren't a lot of other people in the arena. And that's always the thing. If it's a busy arena, you, you wouldn't be able to do this, but um, she was typically by herself and she'd put her horse on pads and then she could set up things and then she could go get her horse. So um, that's another way to use surefoot. And, and do remember after exercise. So if you've been out on a hard training ride or done a lot of hills, or you just wanna let your horse down after a ride, that's a great place to use surefoot. So, you know, you've brought them back up, um, you're gonna untack them, you can pop them on some pads while you're untacking and let them chill out, let them let down. Um, okay, so, ah, did I say, like if your horse has, um, uh, if walking out, or in from the arena, sorry, from the paddock or field, if they're anxious about a gate, if they're anxious about a narrow space, if they're worried about walking into the barn or trailer loading, this is another place that you can just have your pads, you put the pads down, place a foot on the pad, wait for the horse to relax, then proceed forward. So, you know, when we think about the nervous anxious horse, it, that's going to show up in a wide variety of places. But every time we can trigger that parasympathetic, that rest and digest to let them down, they do what I call toggle. You start to toggle the light switch. So if you take a light switch and you start flicking it, that's what starts to happen in the nervous system is that the horses toggle between sympathetic anxiety and parasympathetic calming we want the horses to le learn how to throw that parasympathetic switch to be able to calm themselves. And this is one of the things that I routinely see with using surefoot pads is the horses learn how to throw the parasympathetic switch. They learn how to let themselves down. And so when we start to use it in places of habitual anxiety, in other words, you know, I'm gonna go through this gate, it's really narrow, I'm really worried. It's like, wait a second, before we go there, let's just throw the parasympathetic switch. Let's just use a pad, get you to take a nice deep breath instead of rushing through and hoping everything's okay. So 
Um, I, I so remember the story of somebody saying, you know, I used the surefoot pads twice on the horse that was so worried about the gate, it's gone. No problem anymore. We sometimes don't realize places where we're tolerating or just trying to get through anxiety points. We, we just don't even realize that we're unconsciously accepting those and just trying to hurry past them. Just the way a horse will hurry past something in the arena. We do the same thing. We try to hurry past this. But rather than hurry past it, it's a great opportunity for learning. So if we just go, wait a second, this is a place where I can use my surefoot pad and help my horse calm down so that the scary wheelbarrow going behind them in the barn aisle doesn't bother them anymore. The, you know, the horse that's hollering over there doesn't bother them anymore. The gate doesn't bother them anymore. Because just imagine how nice it is to have a horse that's grounded. Um, so my horse, Al, he's my big Clyde thoroughbred cross and everybody loves Al. The dentist was here and somebody else was here and everybody loves big Al because Al has always been really grounded. Um, he's very steady and he can be fizzy. Um, he's got thoroughbred in him. If I, uh, you know, move quickly, he might go, oh, what's the matter? Um, but his personality is, dum, dum, dum. No, no, you know, he just takes things easy. And everybody compliments him on that. Everybody acknowledges that, whether it's the dentist, the farrier, the vet, everybody consciously recognizes this horse that's really grounded and solid. And that's what we're looking for in, in your horses is to help them find that grounded, solid place, that confident place in all situations. So, you know, Rather than kind of like skirt past that, oh, my horse is anxious, you know, oh, look, you got, let's deal with it. Let's just change it. Let's make your life better. Um, somebody's asked me about managing situations instead of fixing and healing it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. And, you know, so often we don't even know that we're managing it. It's become so habitual. We've accepted it and not recognized it can be different, but it can. And that's what, you know, what I think is so important is, um, and I don't know if you've ever had the uh, experience where you think of the horse being, oh, he's boring. Well, actually what he is, is really grounded and calm. And sometimes we misinterpret uh, the horse is bored or he's boring because his life, he wants to be just really calm. They want to conserve energy. They don't want to be wasting energy, having to be anxious and nervous all the time. Those horses are hard to keep weight on. They're just hard to manage. Um, we want our horses to be relaxed and peaceful inside, if for no other reason as to prevent ulcers, right? Um, and so the more we can help them find that peaceful place in our busy world, because we've, we put them in our busy world with radios and cars and traffic and, you know, hurry and, and, you know, we're coming from work and we're fizzy because we had a bad day. And, uh, you know, that's a great time for us to stand on sure foot pads. Um, and we can put our horse on pads and we can stand on pads for a minute and take a deep breath. Um, interestingly enough, yesterday when my dentist was here, 
um, I had the medium pads that you saw Donnie standing on in the barn aisle and she sat down on them and she said, you know what? I feel like I'm going to fall asleep here. It's so relaxing. So we can get those benefits out of the Surefoot pads too. I mean, it was really, it was really fascinating to watch her because she really did chill out. So um, does anybody have any questions about how to use Surefoot in daily life? You know, if you just keep a pad handy, in other words, if it's in your grooming box or in your tacking up area or wherever, if you just kind of keep them handy. Um, I tend to, you know, we notice the nice clear barn aisle, but having a pair of Surefoot pads in the corner isn't a bad thing because the handier they are, the easier we can integrate them into our process. So if it's picking out your feet, keep your hoof pick with your Surefoot pad. If it's mounting, keep your pad near the mounting block. If it's the scary corner, keep a pad near the scary corner. In other words, let them be handy for you to use in the places. Now, I will just say if it's windy, right now we have 50 mile an hour degree, well, winds, um, they will blow away. Certainly the firm will and the firm slants because they're very lightweight. So then you have to be aware of your environment so your pads aren't blowing all over the place, right? You don't want them blowing and scary. Course. But, um, you know, if you have an indoor arena and there's a scary corner, keep a pad in the scary corner. Uh, same with the mounting block, same with the, the grooming kit, where you're, where you can just slip it into your daily routine after you've made sure that your horse is really comfortable with the pads in separate sessions. And then of course, oh God, I'm glad this is helpful. You know, it finally dawned on me. I talk, I kind of talk about the intro all the time, but it's like, how do we incorporate? Um, and then it's always just really nice to just do a session to just take your horse out and go to the arena and just spend time experimenting with different configurations. Maybe the pad choices change today. Um, and, you know, the reason I say that that's so important to do is when I do Surefoot workshops, and I have one coming up in New Hampshire in July, by the way, uh, when, when you do Surefoot workshops, I have to be so careful with the participants because after a couple hours of doing Surefoot with horses, they're all drooling. They're all sitting in their chairs, just completely chilled out. And so I have to make sure that I have some activity and then some Surefoot and some activity and some Surefoot because otherwise I just lose them into it. Yeah, it's really funny. And it's so consistent. So I know that doing Surefoot with your horse will help you calm down from having a really stressful day. So that's another great way to incorporate Surefoot into your daily life is that if you're feeling stressed, just do some Surefoot with your horse and let your horse chill you out. Let his response help you find tranquility and peace. All right. Well, if, if you have any questions, just pop them in the chat and, uh, or in the Q&A, and I'll get to those. And otherwise, I think that um, we've come to the end of the 200th webinar. Woohoo! <laughs> it's just, I never had any clue that this was going to happen. Um, and of course, we just keep rolling. I have a list of possible guests that's like that long. Uh, we can't always get people to respond to us, but we do uh, go out and reach out to new and different people. So if you have any suggestions, just pop me an email, wendy at wendymurdock.com. I can't promise we'll get them as guests, but um, we can certainly try. And uh, I'm glad you've enjoyed them. These have been great fun. So thanks everybody. Have a fabulous weekend. Uh, hopefully the wind will die down. The weather's beautiful here in Virginia otherwise. And um, we'll see you soon for number 201. Take care and have a great day. Bye.